Live from the Mattress Peddler Studio, it's Mike Bradley and the WGMD Morning Team. It's the Red Maryland segment with Greg Klein, covering all things political in the old line state. Here on 92.7 WGMD, WGMD.com, and the WGMD app. Ooh, I'm busy. Thursday morning rolls along 7.51. Greg joining us on the Newsmaker Line. Greg, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, there's a lot to get to. We'll try to get through as much as we can. Uh, Briefly, the 7th Congressional race that took place the other day, there were only three polling sites open uh, in that district. The rest of it by mail, absentee ballot, if you will, uh, because of COVID-19. Kwasi Fume, the winner. Uh, Any big takes from that race? Uh, Not any big takes. I think Ms. Kwasi did a little bit better than, than... Republicans in the past. I don't know how significant that is. Certainly, probably a better chance of winning this than a Republican's going to have next November. Uh, lots of interesting things to look at as far as uh, some party turnout and how this was actually done, because there were a lot of problems with it that everybody acknowledged. And as we get into June, where we're going to have largely the same kind of uh, election, uh, it's definitely worth taking a close look at. And it looks like these two will also be running for the general election for the seat for next year? Well, we have a primary in June that will decide the Republican and Democratic nominees, and there are other candidates in the race, but uh, I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. Yeah, very good. And then likely Mfume would would win again, I take it. Well, it's a five-to-one Democratic to Republican (laughs) district. Next November is in Maryland, especially in a district like this, is probably going to be a pretty good election for Democrats. So, yeah, it'd be an uphill slog for sure. Great. Governor Hogan uh, unveiling his reopening plan late last week. Uh, what was your takeaway from it? Do you like it, dislike it? And, and what are folks in Red Maryland uh, saying? Well, I, look, I've been saying for weeks that, that this shutdown is, is, you know, the cure is worse than the disease for tens of thousands of Marylanders. I, I think what the governor presented was very reasonable and sounded very good, and he had a lot of input from a lot of really smart experts, he keeps telling us. Um, it, it's not an it's not an unreasonable plan. The problem is, uh, to my mind, is that it's very slow going. It's going to lag behind other states that are opening up. Um, it, it's kind of these self imposed criteria, especially that have to do with testing, which the governor was working towards getting a lot of testing capacity when he got these tests from South Korea. But now we see in the Washington Post that we're not able to use those because we don't have everything we need to use those tests. So it's unclear how long it's going to take to really um, get towards opening up. And there were some common sense things like recreational boating and other things um, that that the governor's plan still delays until that first phase of opening. That I've never had to clearly explain why we can't just open some of those things up right now. And I think it's safe to say, and I know the folks uh, at Red Eye Radio were also saying this, that at some point, look, we understand the elderly, those with underlying health conditions, they're going to need to continue to use an abundance of caution and really stay at home. But at least for younger, the the younger part of the population, those in their 20s, maybe uh, those in their 30s as well, uh, let's start to get them out, uh, develop herd immunity and get things going at some point here. And, and that would, of course, also allow other businesses to start to open up as well. Uh, that if anything, we could get this open, not just in phases with businesses, but phases with the actual citizens themselves. Yeah, I mean, look, it, they're always going to be it makes sense that as we open, we try to do it as safely as we can. We have measures, things that are going to change and be changed. But, yeah, ultimately, you know, the biggest problem with this whole thing is we don't have widespread testing to know how far this disease is. In places where we've had 
wider testing, you see infection rates that are so high that there's no way this is going to be contained. And as much right. we have no idea how prevalent this is in the population already. And if a if a vaccine is a year away or more, we're going to have to let people you know people are going to get it and get over it. And, and develop some sort of population immunity before things can return to normal. So letting things open as safely and, and but not putting that off, um, especially when we see in Maryland half a million Marylanders almost out of work, many of them not able to get benefits. I mean, th- this is really serious economic damage that we just can't put off dealing with it much longer. Well, and speaking of which, still issues with getting benefits, uh, Greg, that hasn't improved much, or what have you heard? Uh, they, they keep trying. They're trying to do what they can. You know, I know the governor said he's very frustrated. Of course, his check probably cleared. But um, it's it, we you know, we did the shutdown to keep the hospital system from being overwhelmed. And yet we've overwhelmed the unemployment system. And they've tried to bring in and do some novel things. It just hasn't worked. And uh, there's a lot of frustration. I think it is getting better. And, and people would certainly say keep trying and people will eventually get their money. But for folks at home who, who, you know, haven't been able to get these benefits, I can only imagine how difficult that is. Greg, Boyd Rutherford right now is running the day-to-day. He is the lieutenant governor of the state. And I'm not sure a lot of people even know that. And, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. But if he is to start to make a name for himself, he is, if he's supposed to be the one to represent the Republicans, and that's no fait accompli in the next gubernatorial election, uh, people not even knowing that he's running the day-to-day, that certainly doesn't help much. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been going out and doing some public things. But you're right. I mean, look, the front page, the governor's taking – They've taken the lead on this emergency. That's what's in the news. That's what people are seeing, um, and as it should be. I think one area where the lieutenant governor may get some profile is he is representing the governor uh, on the Board of Public Works. If he continues to do that over the summer, there are going to be some real big decisions that the Board of Public Works is going to have to make as far as uh, budget right. cuts and things like that. Of course, you know, his the, the likely Democratic nominees on the Board of Public Works, Peter French, are our comptroller as well. Um, but that's one area where he may get some profile. But you're right. Look, the day-to-day state government, some of that's been curtailed and reined in. It's still going on. But obviously it's not, you know, front and center. And, um, you know, it's by design. But you're right. Uh, the fact that he's running the day-to-day is not something that's very commonly known in the public for sure. Yeah. The Montgomery County piece that you had, without getting into too much detail because we want people to check it out, it really speaks to, though, this coronavirus situation and crowding people together uh, in these uh, municipalities. And there's two ways of looking at growth. I get it. Uh, no no question about it. But I, I thought that was an interesting piece that you guys had. And certainly uh, the crowding together doesn't help with the coronavirus situation. Yet uh, we know that the Democratic Party has uh, long pushed for uh, having you know cities be repopulated once again and uh, they're not big with necessarily with sprawl in a case like the coronavirus sprawl is is not a bad thing but again there's pros and cons both ways yeah look i mark uncle wrote this piece for us and he's talking about montgomery county but this has been a bigger debate that we've talked about in the context of transportation policy uh, of a lot of other things it's it's very clear that there is a progressive agenda to steer people with government policy towards you know, high-density urban areas and away from kind of suburban and ex-urban kinds of uh, neighborhoods. 
Um, and, and they've been trying to do that again with tax policy, with transportation policy, opposing big, you know, highway transportation projects. For instance, this is one of the things they talk about pushing for mass transit. That debate, I think, unquestionably, like a lot of things, when this is as we go through this coronavirus pandemic, that's good. That debate's going to change because what we've seen is that high density urban areas are more vulnerable to these kind of disease outbreaks, New York City being the prime example of that. And I think people are going to, you know, are, people, some people particularly might be more hesitant to, to move to big cities for one additional big reason. And I think policymakers are going to have to take that into consideration as we move forward. Uh, Just real quick, Greg, uh, Maryland Podcast Month starts Friday, the first day of May. That would be tomorrow. Uh, Just give us a brief synopsis of that. You've got a story at RedMaryland.com on that. I know you guys do a podcast each week. We we do. Tonight, Thursday at 9 o'clock, Facebook.com slash RedMaryland. Definitely urge people to check it out. Look, this is the third year we did this. Uh, Our Brian Griffiths from Red Maryland uh, had the idea for this, put this together, just celebrating the great. And it's all kinds. It's not just political. It's it's uh, sports and entertainment and from all different kinds of perspectives. A lot of great Maryland podcasts that we want to celebrate and highlight. And, you know, now that people are home and need something to do, uh, there's a lot of great Maryland podcasts that they can check out. Maryland Podcast Month is a great place to, to find all those. All right, RedMaryland.com, RedMaryland on Facebook and Twitter. Great, thanks so much. And we'll pick up for where we left off next Thursday. Thanks, Mike. Take right. care. Thank you. You too.